Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 177 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Tennis Hall of Famer Martina Navratilova holds the all-time doubles titles record for men or women with 177. Today, in show 177 for Throwback Thursday, we're taking a look at the first question we ever answered on this show. In other questions, we talk about playing tall players, playing good servers, what is a good intermediate serve to learn, and discuss the forehand topspin in detail. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Morning, Jeffrey. And is today a sad or a happy number? I didn't get that. I didn't get 177. Happy or sad? Well, you need to figure it out by doing 1 squared plus 7 squared plus 7 squared, adding it up. That's 99. Sorry? That's 99, yep. Yep, then you do 9 squared plus 9 squared. 162. Okay, then you do 1 squared plus 6 squared plus 7 squared. 41. (laughs) And you need to keep going until you either go into a loop, in which case it's a sad number, or it's one and it's a happy number. Uh, I'm sad already. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, to get over that sadness, Alois, tell us what happened on this day. Well, yes, on this day, very interesting, 1797, Jeffrey, 1797, the first parachute jump of note is made by André Jacques Garnerin from a hydrogen balloon. 3,200 feet above Paris. There you go. Wow. That's the first one of note. I wonder what the first one just in general was. Well, it says that Leonardo da Vinci conceived the idea of the parachute in his writings and the Frenchman Louis Sebastian Lenormand fashioned a kind of parachute out of two umbrellas and jumped from a tree in 1783. But Garnerin was the first to design and test parachutes capable of slowing a man's fall from a high altitude. So there you go. Wow. Well, I've got an interesting one, Alois. Well, it's kind of on the 21st of October. Yes. It probably is right now in California, even though it's the 22nd in Australia. But in California right now, it's the 21st of October. And on that day, that is when Marty McFly and the doc went forward to the future to 2015 where we had flying cars, uh, jackets that fit automatically, a legal system with no lawyers. Um, that's today. Yeah, that is exciting. Yes, Tw- uh, 21st of October 2015. And uh, I don't see it much of that happening. I think they were a bit uh, optimistic, Jeffrey. Exactly. Anyway, back to the future day. There you go. All right, Alois, but this show is about table tennis and um, we asked on the show yesterday, what frustrates you the most? And we got quite a lot of responses. It seems that this game can be quite frustrating at times. It, uh, it certainly does seem that way, doesn't it, Jeff? Yeah, now, we got a lot of responses. So um, some of them, and let's not get too frustrated, but... Um, uh, Abanoob said supporters' sounds. So, you know, like people making too much noise. Um, uh, Ilya said 
training harder and harder and playing worse and worse as the result. And that can be frustrating, you know, but um, over the long term, you will improve, Ilya. Um, so uh, Ionsi said, not having a persistent control and power over the table yet. I've started learning one month and one week ago. I know it's nothing, but yeah, that worries me at the moment and hoping to gain some real skills practicing more. And that'll happen too. It's just a matter of patience. Um, uh, then, yeah, we had had heaps. Rory... Uh, uh, Daniel Webster said, when you're smashing the ball and your opponent returns it and then you miss. Yeah, that is definitely frustrating. And yeah, Benjamin- we've got a few like that, Alois. And, yeah. and I always like to think in that situation that at least you've played the point well. You've set yourself up into a good position. And if you can keep getting yourself in that good position, you're going to do well in the match. So even though you lost that point from a, you know, a mistake, um, you still played well to get into that position. That's the mindset you need to have. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and that's that's right. you just got to be persistent in that situation. And a few funny ones. Eddie Casser said, a full moon. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Houston, and this is a uh, an ongoing uh, battle, said Mick Waugh. Uh, they uh, they do have their, uh, their battles and uh, had one this week at the Australian Veterans Championships where uh, I see Scott um, won again. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I reckon, Jeff, Jeffrey, this has had our biggest response out of any question we've ever had. Are you guys all frustrated out there? What's happening? <laughs> I think they are, Alois. Well, let's let's turn it around then and say, today we want to know in the Pink Skills question of the day, what is the best thing about table tennis? So jump on board our Facebook page or our blog and let us know. Let's get... Now that we've got all those frustrations out, yes. let's, let's become Indeed. happy again and find out what is the best thing about table tennis. Must have something to do with that 177 being a sad number, Jeffrey. <laughs> we'll have to check whether that's actually true. All <laughs> right. It is Throwback Thursday, Alois, and today we're going all the way back to our first show. And what was our first question? Yeah, it was, uh, it was good to just go back and have a look at that first show, Jeff, and, um, you know, Probably didn't look all that different to what we do today and probably sounds a bit the same. So, um, yes, but the first question, where is it? Oh, it's disappeared. Um, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. The first question was um, racket height. Should the racket be the same height as the ball or should it be lower than the ball? So now, that's a bit of a confusing question. I'm not even sure exactly what that means. And... We didn't really know at the time either, Jeff, but, you know, we made it up as we always do. So um, Great. We, we weren't really sure whether it's for a serve or for a, for a hit. So we were talking about, like, if it's, if it's for a topspin, you do need to start a little bit below the ball so that you can come up on the ball to brush it. But if you're thinking about just a flat serve, then you can start above the ball and come down on that ball. But... Um, I suppose the main point of this is just to just to go back and have a look at some of those old um, old Ask the Coach shows all the way back to uh, to Ask the Coach show number one. And uh, having a look through, there's a lot of information in there, Jeffrey. Lots. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's good that there's, um, you know, so much information there. So I will put a link in the show notes to episode one and... Just to the general Ask the Coach show, a blog link where you can see all the shows. So, yeah, go back and have a look at a few of the older ones. and uh, see I, reckon you're you... wearing, I reckon you're wearing the same shirt, Jeffrey. There you go. It is a nice shirt. It is. I like it. 
<laughs> All right. And we have a question from Victor Alois, um, who has asked it using the Google Q&A page, uh, Google Q&A app, and anyone can ask us a question live on the show by visiting our Google Plus page. And, of course, we take the majority of the questions from the Ask the Coach section of the Ping Skills website. So if you have a burning question, go to pingskills.com, click on the Ask the Coach uh, link and ask away. Victor says, hey, Ping Skills, I did listen to your advice about top spinning into the middle against my opponent, who's a very tall player. But I do several fast top spins in the middle, but all he does is either block it or a fast backhand side spin flick to my backhand or forehand area, and I'm not fast enough to return the ball. Yeah, so, what so can this, Victor is do? this is Victory, also uh, AKA Brocky, who uh, who we know has had ongoing battles with tall guys. Um, yeah, so so Brocky Victor, um, if if work if playing to the middle isn't working, so he's starting to get used to that and playing there, then variation's the key again. You know, slow slow one up, speed one up, um, get him out wide and then back into the middle. It, it's just about variation. If he's too good, he's too good. That's that's fine. But you need to give him um, lots of variation of what you're doing, not just that ball into the middle. Um, certainly that is a good tactic as we've worked out against tall guys and, and you overcome the, overcame the last one. So, um, yeah, a bit of variation and then stick it into his middle there. Come on, Victor right. Brocky, let's go. Good luck, Brocky. Next up is a question from Sandeep. He says, when I play table tennis, the opponent gives different serves and I'm often confused about which action to use and I lose many points. So please help me. Yeah. So returning serve is is a huge, huge part of the game, isn't it? So understanding um, the spin that's on the ball, unfortunately, doesn't come uh, easily. You've got to experience a lot of different serves to get this right. So what what we talk about all the time with returning serve is just utilising the angle of your racket to get the ball back. So if the ball is spinning off to the side, what you need to do is alter the angle of the racket so that now the ball is going towards where you want the ball to go. And that applies to all different types of spin. If it's, if it's kicking up, you need to turn your bat forward. If it's kicking down, you need to turn your bat back. So um, it's it's experimentation, but it's a lot of time out on the table and just returning different types of serves. So don't be worried. Don't be frustrated um, about it. Every single person goes through it. Every single person has the same problems you're having. It's just a matter of building up enough uh, time on the table, enough information in the database to, uh, to be able to adjust that bat uh, naturally to get the ball back where you want it to. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, yeah, being frustrated by returning serves when I first started. It and then even as you as you get better and better, it still can be frustrating. And like you said, Alice, Alois, there's a progression. You need to understand what spin happens, and then you need to start getting better at reading what type of spin your opponent puts on the ball. And for those that, you know, want some help with this, we have a whole course on receiving secrets, which goes through lots of these topics. It talks about understanding spin, which is important, then reading spin, then receiving uh, principles. 
Then we talk about your position and footwork, your receiving options, um, analyzing serves. We talk about fake movements that people do. And then we go on to receiving tactics um, and then how to practice. So it's a really comprehensive course on receiving and it's really worthwhile. It's part of our premium membership. So if you're interested, go to pingskills.com and take a look at the Receiving Secrets course. Next question, Alois, is from Infernal Ping Pong Player. like that name. And he says, do you know a service that is not too advanced but not too basic? Yes, Mr. Infernal. Um, I think... For me, the easiest one to start with is just the pendulum serve because it it gives you a lot of range of movement and it also gives you lots of options of what you can do uh, with the serve. So probably starting with that pendulum serve is is, uh, simple. Um, And then you can start to develop... lots of different spins but first the first thing is to develop a lot of spin and probably the side spin serve is the easiest to start off with so a couple of basics just to give you a a start up with it stand side onto the table and then get your elbow up nice and high at about shoulder level so that then you've got um, a nice triangle here and then all you're doing is utilizing the forearm like a pendulum on a clock so that's what you're doing. And that's that's the basic for your pendulum serve. And you'll find if you just practice it a little bit, you can start to generate some pretty good spin pretty quickly. So um, that's a good basic one to start off with. Uh, so give that a go, Mr. Infernal. See how it goes. Um, and again, on the site and part of our premium um membership we've got the serving secrets and that goes through pendulum serve in great detail we'll show you exactly how to um how to do the serve how to get different types of spin on the serve as well so yeah that might be something that will interest you as you go forward yeah absolutely and i guess the good thing about the pendulum serve and maybe all serves alloys is that you can just start with a basic serve and you can just build on it bit by bit. So you don't have to change your action completely, but you can just hit the ball a little bit later, hit the ball a little bit earlier, change the angle you're hitting on the ball, and you can start to generate all different types of spins. So once you've got that basic serve on, it's kind of easy to add layers and layers and layers until you develop a really good serve. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, for, for all of for all of your skills, you know, starting with basic is important. When we talk about all our um, strokes, forehands, backhands, etc., start with basic, get the feel of it, and then you can move on. Same as with your serving, start with basic, and then you can start to think about doing all sorts of different actions and variations. But if you haven't got those basics right, then the rest is just too difficult, and you don't um, get the spin that you really need on the ball to start with, um, yeah, and then the rest is irrelevant. Yeah. And I think it's important that people do practice their serve a lot because it's such an important part of the game. And I get the feeling that a lot of players neglect that part of the game. Like when they're practicing, they'll do everything besides service. So if you can set aside, you know, 10 or 15 minutes at the end of your service, at the end of your normal practice, just to do some service practice. Um, or, you know, even if you've got a table at home, just go and do some service practice. It will really make a big difference to your game. 
Yeah, we often get the question, you know, what sort of things can I do to practice alone? And serving is such an easy and um, an effective way of improving your game and um, and it's something you can do by yourself. Just get yourself a bucket of 20, 20 table tennis balls and they don't have to be fantastic um, three-star balls or anything. Just get yourself 20. If you can get more, get more. Um, just put them in a little bucket and just serve the 20 balls. Practice um you serve, go and pick them up and do it again and again. And if, as Jeff said, if you spend, you know, 10 or 15 minutes doing that a couple of times a week, you'll be absolutely amazed at how quickly your service will improve. So yeah, it's worth spending the time. And in, in another area of the site, we do talk a lot about um, how important those first couple of balls in the rally are. You know, uh, as you're getting closer to a tournament, practicing your serving and your return of serve is key. Yeah, the the forehands and backhands all happen pretty naturally, but serving and return of serve is a real key. So, yeah, get onto it. Practice your serving. Yep. And another little tip for practicing your serving is that it's often good to have a focus. So, initially, just you know, serve away and make sure you're getting the basics right. But then you can focus on things like either spin, so you can try and generate more spin, or you could focus on placement, so you could put little bits of paper on the table and then aim for those um, bits of paper. And I think just having those little challenges heaps, uh, helps keep the service practice exciting and interesting. So there's just another little tip for you. Yeah, and you can, you can even keep records of um, things like that. You know, So if you put a um, target on the table and serve at it and see out of uh, 20 serves, out of the bucket of 20 balls, how many times you can hit that target and then... The next time you do it, see if you can beat it, you know, and then if you can get 20 out of 20 or a higher number, then you can change the target. You can make the target smaller. You can move the position of the target, um, all sorts of things. And that, and that really um, keeps your interest. And it um, also lays out for you your progress. So you can actually see that yourself that you are progressing with your skill. Excellent. All right. Next question is from Ernest who says, number one, can you tell me when we do a more vertical stroke and when we do a more forward stroke in performing a topspin? Yeah. Number two, would you also show me the angle of the bat regarding my questions in number one? Right, sure. So um, the the topspin stroke, you know, we, we talk about the basic of it. So starting here, finishing here, or making it a little bit uh, bigger, increasing the swing. The... How vertical or forward the stroke needs to be depends on the, the type of spin and amount of spin on the ball that's coming to you and also the speed of the ball coming to you. So if there is um, a lot of backspin on the ball coming to you, then your stroke will need to be more vertical to be able to lift that backspin up over the table, over the net, sorry. If there's a lot of top spin on the ball, then your bat needs to come much more forward to keep that ball down um, on the table. So in between all of that, there are 17 million different types of swings that you can play um, to, to get the ball on the table. So it's a matter of just adjusting with each ball that comes to you. Look at the the type and the amount of spin that's coming to you and the speed of the ball that's coming to you 
And then you just need to adjust. Don't get too caught up with it. Don't get caught up with thinking, I need to play this one at 36 degrees and I need to play this one at 64 degrees and I need to play this one at 83 degrees. It, it Again, it all happens quite naturally. The more times you hit, the more balls that you hit against. Um, don't uh, don't uh, also forget about the speed of your own swing. So that also affects what's happening. So if, I'm, if there's a lot of backspin on the ball and if I have a very vertical swing, but my bat is moving this slowly, the ball will still drop off. So you still need to have a degree of speed on your racket. Um, And again, that's another factor. So we've got the speed of your racket. We've got the spin on the ball. We've got the speed on the ball. We've got a whole lot of different factors to try and um, calculate to get which angle we're getting with our racket. So too many things, you know, if you, if you start to try and analyse all that as the ball's coming, uh, the ball will be bouncing 14 times on the floor before you even think about playing a stroke. So let it happen naturally. Just swing, just swing, see what happens, see what happens, see if the ball drops off, see if the ball goes off the end, and then you'll start to adjust naturally. Yep, so don't get too caught up with angles. Just let it happen. Great. Yeah, that does sound complicated. So if I summarise what I've heard there, Alois, it's best just to have some basic principles. Like if there's a lot of backspin, use a, a more vertical stroke. If there's a lot of topspin, use a more forward stroke. And with both of those, I guess you open up or close the angle of the bat. And then you've got just shots in between. And then just go out and play, practice, and look at the watch what happens to the ball after you hit it. So you start, you know, picking up feedback, and your mind will just adjust automatically the more you play. Yeah, that's, yep. Good summary, Jeffrey. Excellent. All right, Ernest, good luck. Just keep getting out there. Keep practicing. You will get better at this. Don't overanalyze it. Just start hitting that forehand topspin and um, let us know how you get on. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think probably one one rider there is just make sure that your swing is um, consistently in one plane though, okay? So we don't need to be doing these sort of things, just Swing through, swing through, swing through, and just see what works for you. Great. Got it. All right. And last up, Victor E says, how would you stand against a Waldner, against Waldner in a match? And I think I would just stand at one end of the table, Alois. What about you? Um, I would probably uh, stand at the same end as him. I think that might uh, give me a better chance. Great idea. I like it. Yeah, no. uh, Victor um, Waldner is a very, very, very good player and uh, I wouldn't stand a chance. No, too good. Waldner, too good. All right. Well, thanks everybody for watching episode 177. Make sure you check out pingskills.com and sign up for our free email newsletter. If you haven't, we send out weekly tips. Also, get involved by answering our Ping Skillers question of the day either on our blog or on the Facebook page. Thank you, everyone, and thank you, Alloys. Thanks, Jeff, and I'll, uh, I'm going out looking for Marty McFly. Might be, might be around here somewhere. <laughs> I think he's in California, but anyway. <laughs> See you, everyone. <laughs>